athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Got a jam-packed show for you today here on Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. I'm going to tell you something that is appropriate. And what is appropriate is that we had a tie in the National Football League between the Lions and the Steelers last week. And you want to know what I went? Six, six, and one. That's a tie. That is also a tie. In my predictions last week, I went six, six, and one. But I'm going to tell you what, much better than where it was the previous week when I think it was something like four and nine. I had only won four football games the week before. Again, thank you for joining us on the program. Listen, we are jam-packed today here on Box to Row Radio as well as on Sirius XM. So I'm going to set the table for you in a little bit in terms of the guests that are going to join us today on the program. And yes, there were many guests. There are many guests, I should say, that are going to join us on today. So a lot, lot of different a lot of, lot of stuff going on. You've got college football. You've got the NBA, which is pretty much in full swing. You know the National Football League. We're now more than halfway through the season with that. Remember, it's a 17-game schedule on this season. And, look, there's so many things I want to get to. So, the Nets. Let me start with the Brooklyn Nets. And the Nets have some real issues right now. Uh, got blown out on national television against the Golden State Warriors. And the Nets just looked, well, in all fairness, the the Warriors look really good. And like I said last week, like I really like the Warriors right now. If I had to say, okay, who's the favorite to win the NBA title? It'd have to be for me, the Golden State Warriors. I think ultimately as long as the Warriors can stay healthy – This is the thing about the Warriors. The Warriors, to me, play a different brand of basketball, if you will. So you have the one really big star player, and, of course, that's Steph Curry. But you've got a lot of complementary pieces. You've got a lot of young guys. But the one thing that the Warriors do well and have always done is share the basketball and pass the basketball. And when you see the movement of the basketball, passing of the basketball, you see the younger players really playing well and getting their opportunity. I think, to me, that's what separates the Warriors from some other teams. I mean, if you look at the the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, it's, you know, right now Kevin Durant is carrying that basketball team, okay? James Harden, yeah, he's, he's doing okay, but he's not the James Harden that we've seen in past years. Not at all. He's not that James Harden. So 
you know, when you look at that, um, and by the way, I'm telling you, Kyrie Irving is killing Kevin Durant, killing James Harden, killing that Nets basketball team. Because I know it's early, right? It's early, and a lot of times we'll tend to, you know, sort of make judgments too early on. Listen, when you look at, and, and, and I've been saying this since the free agent signings, right, back in the summer. Like, I really thought the Chicago Bulls were going to be really, really special this year. And so far, the Bulls have been special, been really, really special. I thought the Miami Heat would be better. The Miami Heat definitely has been better. No question about that. Like, you know, I thought it would be the Nets ultimately, but of course, that was before Kyrie decided that, you know, he doesn't want to get vaccinated and is ultimately sitting out right now. Now, whether or not he will get vaccinated, I don't know. But, I mean, listen, that's why Kevin Durant came to Brooklyn. Kevin Durant came to Brooklyn to play with Kyrie. And as good as Kevin Durant is, he's not going to be able to carry that team. I think even if James Harden plays, I don't know, I guess if James Harden plays to the level that we know that he's capable of playing, perhaps they could win a championship. But I just think, Kyrie Irving takes it over the top. In other words, if you said, if you asked me, can Kevin Durant and James Harden, along with the rest of that roster, win an NBA championship, even with the James Harden as we know him, I would say no. If you asked me, could the Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving win the NBA championship with that roster, I would say yes. I mean, that's how good uh, Kyrie Irving is. And by the way, I mean, I, you know, I know a lot of people still are not happy with Kevin Durant for leaving uh, Oklahoma City, going to Golden State, ultimately going to three straight NBA finals, winning two. Okay, you can you can be unhappy about that all you want to be right at the end of the end and it wasn't like he was a hanger on if you remember correctly I mean he I'm not going to say he carried that team to the NBA championship especially those two years because he was voted uh, MVP but I mean he was he 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 was the catalyst no doubt because the other players weren't playing as well and you know maybe that in part of that is because Kevin Durant was there. Kevin Durant is who he is, right? If you look at Kevin Durant, he's won three gold medals as an Olympian. He's won two NBA championships. He is currently, I think, I mean, you could just, I think it's, I think if you look across the board, if you poll most people, they'll tell you that Kevin Durant is the best player in the world or the best player in the NBA. I think he's been that for the last couple of years. I, well, can't look at the year of course, that he was hurt. Uh, but even if you go back to that last championship season, like he was really, really good. If Kevin Durant doesn't win another championship, Kevin Durant has done, has accomplished a lot. You look at the international play, three gold medals. You look at the NBA championships. You look at your peers saying, hey, that's the best player in the league. You look at the NBA finals MVPs. You look at uh, the the league MVP. 
right? I mean, I don't think there's – to me, he doesn't need to do any more. But it would be nice, and I think the only way that the Nets are going to win a championship is if Kyrie comes back. So, you know, you got a lot going on with the NBA. The Clippers are much better than I thought ultimately the Clippers would be, especially without Kawhi Leonard. That's a pretty good That's a pretty good team. I think a lot of that has to do – with Tyron Lue, the head coach. He's done a, doing a really good job. they got some players. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, the, the Clippers are definitely doing better. I mean, again, you look at the East. I, I mean, look at the Wizards. Like the Wizards, I, yep, not the didn't play well against the Hornets, who are really, really good, by the way, but ultimately playing well. So this East is big time, like who's the team in the West? As I mentioned last week, I just don't think it's ultimately going to be the Lakers. You look at the Suns, that that winning streak, right? Like the Suns are saying, where is our respect? We've got basically everybody that played last year, that played in the Western, uh, uh, excuse me, in the NBA Finals that was Western Conference champions, Right? They're saying, where is our respect? I, I don't know about Utah. Like, I'm not sold on Utah. Um, listen, that NBA is doing some big things right now. So, uh, you know, that's that with the NBA. You look at the National Football League. We're winding things down. I mean, if you were to ask me who's the best team in the league right now, I mean, I, I don't think I would say the Titans. I think that I would say the best team in the National Football League right now Hate to say it, but it may be the Dallas Cowboys. But we'll see, of course, on Sunday. We'll see if that's the case on Sunday as the Dallas Cowboys are going to be in KC to take on the Chiefs. So a lot going on in sports, in the NBA, in the National Football League. I told you Cincinnati will not be. I told you uh, uh, that when the first college football playoff rankings came out, that Cincinnati would not be in the college football rankings. An opportunity this week for Cincinnati to be in the college football rankings and the Bearcats are not in the rankings. So, again, it's a conspiracy. It is to purposefully keep non-Power 5 schools out and the selection committee will continue to do that. The only way that a group of five school will get in, as I mentioned last week, play three power five schools in a season, win those games, and it'd help if they won some games against some top power five schools, and then also win the rest of the, have to go undefeated for that to happen. Now, if the playoff opens up, maybe you let six teams in, maybe you let eight teams in, then we could possibly see a group of five school be in the top four of the college football playoff rankings. As mentioned, we got a jam-packed show for you today here on Box to Row. Still to come, former Box to Row All-American from Grambling and the starting right guard for the Carolina Panthers, Trenton Scott, going to join us on the program. Also joining us, North Carolina Central head football coach, Trey Oliver, but up next, we're going to be joined by Washington football team running back 
Jarrett Carter. You've got the program locked on Fox to Row Radio and Sirius XM. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. Hello, this is Janelle Monet. This is Omari Hardwick. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. The girl rock can the scene of the mic, y'all. This is Simone Biles. You know what it says. This is the one and only... Hey y'all, it is the EST of WWE, the strongest, the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best on Box to Rope. Tune in if you want to catch the best BEST interview ever. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's, and in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timberlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving two million dollars away to the bottom of four hundred of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll. So come place an order at www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's beef jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's beef jerky. Yeah, that's right, because that's the way we roll. The others pretend you're listening to the show that brings you up close and personal. Up close and personal. With the biggest names in sports and entertainment. Here's the man to bring it to you, Donald Ware. All right, let's continue here on Box to Row Big Time Football Game on Sunday in Charlotte. The Washington football team going to be in Charlotte to take on the Panthers. And we've got a running back on the line for the Washington football team. As a matter of fact, he's a rookie. He is Jarrett Patterson, played his collegiate ball at Buffalo, and he's a Washingtonian as he joins us here on Box to Row. Jarrett, welcome to the program. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Great to have you. Just your thoughts. Maybe not the season that the Washington football team wanted to have to this point, but just your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, we kind of uh, started off, you know, that's how we won it, you know, but as you know, it's, it's a long season, you know, and like uh, our message is not how you start, but it's how you finish, you know, and that's every, that's not even in, you know, in football, that's just in life. And, you know, just after the bye week, you know, we kind of, you know, it was time to reflect on, you know, each and, you know, single one of us and, you know, what can we do to help the team and just come back stronger for this uh, bye week so we can make this uh, run. Yeah, 
Speaking of, yeah, the season may not be going the way you guys wanted, but that football game on Sunday went the way you wanted. Talk about that. I mean, that was a big-time win by WFT over the Buccaneers. Yeah, it was a huge win, you know. I feel like, you know, a win like that, you know, just boosts, you know, uh, your confidence level. You know, those guys, the Bucks, you know, they're the world champs, you know, and anytime you know, you get to play them, they're a good football team, they, you know, and that was a good win, you know, for us. And now we just have to, you know, uh, continue and just keep it going and, you know, just not get satisfied. And, you know, just I feel like, like, like we said in the team meeting, this is just the uh, foundation. We just got to keep stacking the stones. For you, growing up in Washington and in, in Prince George's County, were you a, a then Redskins now, were you a Washington football team fan? Yeah, you know, I was definitely a, a Washington football team fan, you know, just my, being around my family, uh, you know, my mom, my dad, you know, uh, they kind of, you know, kind of uh, persuaded me, you know, uh, just seeing them, you know, cheer for the team. And I kind of just, you know, kind of grew into a fan over the years and uh, just being from the area, just rooting for our, our hometown team. And, and I just thought how cool it was to play for my hometown team now. And it's just crazy how just life works. Yeah, no no question about it. You know, definitely being from the area. Speak to that a little bit more. I know you've mentioned uh, this, but t- tell our listeners, in essence, you grew up with Chase Young. Uh, ultimately, you guys played on the same football teams. You guys played in high school together at Pilates as well. He, in essence, vouched for you to get an opportunity with the Washington football team, and you've made the most of that opportunity. Yeah, uh, I, it's crazy, man. Uh, I, I remember it, you know, going through the draft process and, you know, kind of kind of being frustrated. You know, I feel like I kind of put myself in a position, you know, to be drafted. But, you know, um, you know, have, you know, just knowing Chase and the type of, you know, person he is, you know, he was just telling me, man, just be patient, man. He was just saying, like, the, the best situation is going to happen. And it did, you know, and he, and he you know, vouched me to uh, – to, to Coach Rivera, you know, I remember, you know, talking to Coach Rivera, you know, on the third day, and, you know, and I was headed to Washington, you know, and and it's just been a great fit, you know, it's been a, a great, you know, learning experience, great, you know, year one for me, you know, and it's everything I kind of dreamed of, and it's just, I'm just, I'm just, it's just a blessing to be here. Jarrett Patterson, running back for the Washington football team, joins us here on Box to Row. He's a rookie, of course, the Washington football team on the road on Sunday in Charlotte against the Panthers in a really what promises to be a big game in Charlotte. Uh, yeah, let me let me stay on that with with not draft being drafted uh in the National Football League draft in 2021. I mean, I look at your resume. I mean, you look at 2019 season at Buffalo almost 1800 yards rushing, you hold the record or you're tied uh with the record for the most rushing touchdowns in a football game with 8 even in six games in 2020, you rushed for 1,072 yards. I mean, listen, you had done all you could do. Like, it wasn't any more you could show. But it ultimately didn't reflect on you being drafted. And I know that had to be disappointing for you. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it, it is disappointing. But I can I feel like I can just use that as, you know, fuel is just my advantage, you know, just um, just never being satisfied, always, you know, finding ways to get better. And, you know, like I said, just I can use this down the road, you know, uh, throughout my career, you know, that, you know, uh, I was undrafted, you know, and that's the, that's the point, you know, when it's all said and done, 
you know, I want to make, you know, those those people that was in those those uh, positions uh, just say, man, what was he thinking on, you know, uh, kind of just missing, you know, missing on this kid. And, you know, I just going to approach every day getting better. And, and that's how I'm going to approach uh, this whole thing throughout my whole career in the National Football League. Even though the, the it was a loss against the Broncos, I mean, you were able to get 11 carries in the game for 46 yards. You had a long of 13 can you speak to being able to sort of be able to get that many carries uh in the game and even though it was a loss you had to feel pretty good at least from an individual standpoint about how you performed yeah um it was good you know it's good you know i'm just i'm showing flashes of what i can you know i can be and you know and i just want to just each week you know just to show you know, I can be a, a contributing player, you know, to this team, you know, whether it's special teams or on the offense, to show that I'm, I'm a guy on this team. And that's what I'm going to continue to do, you know, and just continue to get my trust in my teammates and my coaches and the way I, you know, approach, you know, practice, you know, my attitude, preparation, and my effort, you know, and, and that's, uh, and that's you know, how, how I just want to keep attacking each and every day. Jarrett Patterson, running rookie running back, for the Washington football team joins us here on the program. That victory last week against the Buccaneers came at a cost. Your friend Chase Young goes down. He has the ACL. When you heard that, when you saw what happened, and then you ultimately heard uh, what happened with him and that it would be a season-ending injury, what thoughts went through your mind? Yeah, uh, man, it was just, you know, kind of just feeling for him, you know, and just – a guy that's a warrior, you know, he loves the game, you know, he, he's a competitor, you know, and just being around him, you know, he, he's, we're family, you know, that's, that's what he's like. Well, he's like, he's a brother to me, you know, and just seeing that I kind of got emotional, you know, cause you never, you know, want to see your close, you know, family, uh, you know, get hurt or, you know, injured. But, you know, I told him, you know, uh, when, when I got when when, when in the locker room, man, you, you're built for this, you know, um, you know, you don't get through this, and the story's going to even be even be better for you. So, yeah. Listen, I got to ask you. You, you know, we're both Washingtonians, right? Matter of fact, I mean, you came up in Prince George's County. Actually, first ten years of my life, I lived in Lewisdale. I was in Hyattsville. But you know, being from the area, it's about the basketball, right? Like mostly. But I'm, I'm sort of seeing a little bit of a shift, even though I'm not. I don't live in the area anymore. It seems like the football is really starting to come up at the high school level. Can you can you speak to that? And a lot of the guys really are playing both sports. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. You know, uh, even me, you know, coming up in, in PG County, it was it was definitely, um, you know, definitely basketball was definitely a, a high uh, commodity around here. But I feel like, you know, football is just, you know, even on that level, you know, now and as I've been through, you know, high school and, you know, just seeing guys, you know, from the area, you know, playing in the NFL like, you know, Stephon Diggs, you know, Navarro Bowman, you know, Vernon Davis, you know, just the list goes on and on, you know, people that came from this area, you know, DMV area that, that played, you know, at the next level and had success at the next level. And I feel like it's definitely uh, it's definitely a high, you know, commodity, you know, ha- you know now, than the, now than it has it ever been. Yeah, no question about it. A couple of more thoughts with Jarrett Patterson, rookie running back for the Washington football team. How are you growing, not only as a football player, 
but as a as a person playing in the National Football League as your journey through this first season rolls on? Yeah, I'm growing a lot, you know, just as an adult, you know, uh, just on, you know, just not even on the football side of it, but just, you know, on, on, you know, all the field stuff, you know, saving money, you know, being smart with my money and, you know, just, just stuff like that and, you know, invest investing and stuff and just growing my money. I feel like that's very important. Something, you know, I've been kind of interested to learn throughout college, but I'm doing a, doing a really good job, you know, and I have people that's, that's around me, my team that, you know, helps me, helps me, helps me guide me, but also let me grow on my own. And just as a person in football, just, you know, just continue trusting the process and just being ready, you know, for every opportunity that comes your way. And, you know, I feel like I, I, um, I'm doing a good job. And I always say, you know, uh, this thing, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, Yeah, last thought. As you now playing with your childhood team or playing for your childhood team, but you know as a Washington football team fan, not a lot of success against the Carolina Panthers over the years, especially more recently. So what is it going to take? Cam Newton is back, right? That defense is really good for the, for the Panthers. So what is it going to take for the Washington football team to come out of Charlotte with the victory? Yeah, just uh, really just focus, focusing on, you know, what's important, you know, focusing on ourselves and just taking, you know, taking, taking it one play at a time. You know, and just execute, and I, I really that that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, just executing in all three phases of the game: you know, offense, defense, and special teams, and just uh, you know, when adversity hits, you know, don't flinch and just finish. And I think you know, we do all those things, we'll be just fine. Jarrett Patterson again in his rookie season with the Washington Football Team went undrafted, uh, but out of Buffalo had a phenomenal season in three years at. Buffalo, the Washington football team, going to take on the Panthers on Sunday in Charlotte. Hey, Jared, really appreciate the conversation, man. Continued success uh, to you and the Washington football team. Thanks for having me. What a story Jared Patterson had to share with respect to his climb to the National Football League, a young man that definitely showed what he had in college ultimately did not get drafted and his buddy his friend as he mentioned his brother Chase Young put in the word for him with the Washington football team and now he's getting some playing time with the Washington football team react to anything that Jarrett Patterson had to say on Twitter at box to row b-o-x-t-o-r-o-w again Washington football team and the Panthers get together On Sunday, still to come, Trenton Scott, starting right guard for the Panthers. But up next, we're going to be joined by North Carolina Central head football coach Trey Oliver. This is your weekly edition of the Box to Row Blitz. I'm Donald Ware. First, I'm going to take you to Dover, Delaware, for the game between Delaware State and Norfolk State. The Spartans had a 26 to nothing lead. That lead dissipated as Delaware State pulled to within 26 to 21 with 7.08 remaining. Then, fourth down and five, 158 remaining on the clock. The ball at the Spartans' 30 yard line. Lewis looking left side, throwing downfield, throws open, touchdown!
touchdown Hornets. Gary Lang and Leroy Thompson on HSRN. The Hornets completed the comeback, defeated Delaware State 28 to 26. Now the Spartans and the Hornets both out of the race for the MEAC crown. Speaking of crowns on the line, let me take you to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, for the game between Jackson State and Southern in excess of 25,000 saw this game early on. The Jaguars took the 17-7 lead, but in the fourth quarter with about six minutes remaining, Jackson State struck. The to do a firing in the end zone. The catch is made. Is that a touchdown, Coach? Yes, sir. Malachi Whiteman from Shador Sanders for 13 yards, and the Tigers pulled to within 17 to 14. Now we're gonna stay in the fourth quarter, but move to 90 seconds remaining in the game, and the Tigers driving. Shador rolls to his left, throws. He's looking for a man. The catch is made at the 10. Five touchdown, Jackson State, and the crowd goes crazy. That was my man, the Swack Hall of Famer, Rob J on the Jackson State Sports Network. Sanders to Whiteman again, this time from 50 yards was the game winner as the Tigers went on to defeat Southern 21 to 17. The Tigers have wrapped up the SWAC's Eastern Division and will play in the SWAC Championship game. Would it be the Prairie View A&M Panthers? Let me take you now to Lorman, Mississippi for the matchup between Prairie View A&M and Alcorn State and already leading 24 to nine early in the third quarter, looking for more. And there it is, Harper with the keeper to the five, Harper scores! That's my man Charles Edmund on WPRL. At that point, the Braves led 31 to nine. The Panthers would make a game of it, ultimately losing to Alcorn State 31 to 29. So now for PV to wrap up the Western Division, must defeat Mississippi Valley State next Saturday. For Alcorn State to wrap up the Western Division, must defeat Jackson State on Saturday and hope that Prairie View A&M loses next Saturday. Now, I'm gonna take you to Orangeburg, South Carolina for an old MEAC rivalry between North Carolina A&T and South Carolina State with SCSU leading 10 to nothing. The Aggies with possession of the football late in the first half. Starting from the South Carolina State 23-yard line. Kingsley Afidi, and it's a play fake. He has a man in the end zone, and it is caught! What a catch! Touchdown, Aggies! That was Nick Dobson who had to turn around in one hand that catch. The Aggies would pull to within 10-7, to but South Carolina State would ultimately capitalize on an A&T mistake. Juwan Moody deep to receive. Rivers has had an excellent afternoon. Oh, the punt was blocked. The ball is still loose. South Carolina State has it. Running the other way. 10-5. Touchdown for the Bulldogs. Jamri Benjamin doing the honors. 22 yards. And South Carolina State led 17-7 but the Aggies would immediately strike. Ball on the 42, A&T needs three, and it's a play fake. Pass is caught, breaking a tackle. Cook, he's loose, 30-yard line. He's down to the 10, he's gonna get in. Touchdown, Aggies. The Aggies pulled to within 17 to 13. 
but the Aggies were not done in the third quarter. And the give is to Martin. First down yard to Jamore. Breaks a tackle. 20 yard line. He's to the 10. One man to beat. He's in. Touchdown, Aggies. Yards truly on the Aggie Sports Radio Network. The Aggies would go on to defeat the Bulldogs 27 to 17. And in Fairfield, Alabama. Rams going to get the first down. Break through there. Still on his feet. Break oh! through. And 15 10. It'll be five touchdown. 30 yard run to the house. Albany State running back. Isaiah McGray with the touchdown run. The Albany State Golden Rams would go on to shut out Miles in the SIAC championship game. 31 to nothing, the Golden Rams on their way to the Division II playoffs. That audio courtesy of the Albany State Radio Network. My main man, Freddie Fresh Suttles, on the call. From the press box to press row, the radio show airs weekly on radio stations across the country, including on ESPNU on Sirius XM. To listen to the show or for more information, log on to BoxToRow.com. In his third season as the head football coach of North Carolina Central is Trey Oliver. The Eagles are 5-5 five and five on the season, currently sit at number nine in the HBCU coaches poll, got a home tilt its Senior day, last game of the season, hosting Delaware State. Trey Oliver joins us here on Box to Row. What's going on, Coach Oliver? Man, not too much, man. How you, have you been doing? Been doing, been doing good. Like you, really busy. Uh, and uh, I, I know you're doing your thing, and, and the Eagles looking to close it out on a good note. Um, ten games. Obviously, it's ten games. You got one more remaining. How do you feel like your team has played so far this season? Well, it's been a roller coaster. I thought we we started really well at the beginning of the season and then kind of got beat up a little bit. Um, and we fought through it. I think we've had a lot of adversity, and our guys have persevered. So I've, I'm pleased with, pleased with the effort and how our guys have fought through the season. Um, obviously, we're not where we want to be record-wise. Um, but, you know, as long as you see an improvement and the guys are getting better week by week, uh, that's really how we judge our team around here. Yeah, and to that point, I mean, you hit a bit of a tough stretch, a three-game losing streak, lost to A&T, lost to Valley, which I think surprised a lot of people, particularly how you beat Alcorn State to start the season, and then a loss to Tennessee Tech. What what was happening there with those three losses in a row? Well, we got um, – I think we lost a couple of guys up front with the offensive line. And I think that um, just the chemistry there offensively, that really hurt us. And I thought it affected our – obviously our run game. Um, I didn't think Davius uh, played very well during that, straight, during that stretch. And I think it was, you know, primarily because he wasn't really comfortable. And uh, that offensive line, those guys had to be on the same page and um, had to do a great job of communicating. And when you're changing lineups every week, uh, I think that, that really hurt our chemistry. Um, we kind of got settled in and, and – uh, I think our O-line coach, Coach Williams, did a heck of a job of trying to piece things together. And, um, you know, those guys, you know, just got better. But when you're playing with, with the freshman red shirt in there, I mean, a red shirt freshman in there and um, <laughs> a couple of walk-ons, you know, life life is kind of tough. Yeah, no question. So what's been the difference the last four games? Because you won three of the last four, uh, including the last two. Big win over Norfolk State, which we'll talk about also. Have you gotten more healthy in that, you know, on at least on the offensive line? Well, we've been talking about playing complementary football in all three phases. 
And, um, you know, early it seemed like the offense would play well at Spurs and then the defense wouldn't do anything. Or the defense was playing well and the offense wasn't doing much. And then when those two were clicking, then the special teams kind of let us down. So I think as of late we've done a better job of putting all three phases together. And um, up front, again, you know, no, we're not healthy there. Um, we're down to probably about eight eight offensive linemen dressing. <laughs> uh, we started the year off with 20 offensive linemen. Now we're down to about eight. But, again, those guys, um, I think they're playing better as a unit now, um, even with some of the backups that we have in there. Those guys are, you know, they're, they're fighting. And we have a tough, resilient team. Um, but, but you know, it, that, that's where we, where we are with it. Our practice schedule's changed. We we used to be able to break it up and have a true scout team for offense and defense. Now, you know, we practice like we were in middle school. You know, the offense services the defense, and then the defense will service the offense. So it's been a little different season. Yep. That the voice of Trey Oliver in his third season as the head football coach at North Carolina Central. He joins us here on Botch to Row. The win over Norfolk State, it was a home game for you. Big crowd, big time win. You needed it because not only did it at that time keep your hopes alive for, uh, I guess now at least, a share of the MEAC title, uh, and you've also helped to now ultimately knock Norfolk State out. Talk about that because this was – it's not necessarily a rivalry, not necessarily. I mean, you could go back to the CIAA's days and you would know better than I in terms of this being a rivalry uh, between North Carolina Central and Norfolk, but – at least a rivalry between yourself and Dawson Odoms, uh, the head football coach at Norfolk State. You guys were teammates, and, of course, uh, you were the defensive coordinator when he was the head coach at Southern. Right, and, I, you know, um, Coach and I are good friends, and I don't think we have anything to do with the rivalry, but uh, it kind of got a little chippy in pregame back in 2019. Uh, some words were exchanged, and, um, you know, so I think our guys still had that on their mind a little bit. Uh, but I wish we'd had it on our mind in the first first quarter when we were down twenty one nothing. But you know it was we told our guys it was a must win game for us. And you know when when the alumni are coming back in town and these people are spending thousands of dollars for the weekend and you know they're coming to see these guys play. I told them you have to put on a, put on a show for these people and you have to perform and perform well. And um, you know me being alum and my family, my mom and dad being alum, you know I. I hold this. Yeah, that weekend we had to we had to win that football game. So uh, it was it was a little ugly early. Like I said, we were down twenty one nothing. But our guys don't quit and they they'll fight to the end. And um, I was so pleased to see that. And um, it was it was a big win for the program and the university. Davius Richards, your quarterback. I mean, I look at his. You know, I remember him and thinking, uh, man, this guy's going to be going to be pretty good when he was a freshman. As a matter of fact, he wasn't even supposed to be your guy back in two thousand nineteen. And you look at his numbers, close to 2,000 yards passing. He's got 13 touchdowns to only five interceptions. He's also got seven rushing touchdowns on the season. Speak to his play this season. Um, I mean, he's, he's grown and he's improved. I think um, the only knock I have on him is sometimes, you know, early on he was trying to do a little too much. Um, you know, trying to make the big play all the time. And, and sometimes when it's not there – just go ahead and pull it down and get what you can get and get down. But, uh, you know, a couple of times he tried to scramble and go east and west and extend the play. And, you know, I told him that's not your game. You know, you're not going to be, you know, scrambling outside the pocket east and west. You're a big body, uh, very physical young man. You know, just get, go north and south. And when he does that, that's when he makes big plays with his legs. But um, very, very smart young man. Um, he's a leader. 
uh, very mild-mannered, great student, great person. But uh, he continues to get better. I think Coach Leone, our offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, uh, has done an outstanding job with him. And he's going to have a very bright future, very bright future. Trey Oliver, again in his third season as the head football coach at North Carolina Central, joins us here on the program. Listen, you look at the MEAC, right, and everybody talks about where there are only six football teams left uh, in the MEAC and everybody's leaving and uh, woe is me in terms of the future of the MEAC. But this has been a pretty exciting season. Again, you still have an opportunity uh, at a share of the MEAC championship just kind of your thoughts on the MEAC season. There's a lot of parities in the league, and and all the teams. Um, I mean, it's not much of a difference if you look at the, the, the number one the number one team, uh, South Carolina State, all the way down to whoever's the, you know the the, the last place. Um, there's not much difference, and I think the biggest thing um, is 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 uh, experience first and foremost, and quarterback play. If you have those two things, you have a chance, and. Um, I don't, you know, the, the people people knock the MEAC. I don't know why. I've coached in both leagues, the SWAC and the MEAC, and we play good ball here. We really do. And if you look at, you know, our records over those teams down there in the SWAC, you know, I think we have the upper hand with those guys. But, um, um, you know, they play good ball in the SWAC as well, but, you know, uh, we we all we do also appear in, in, in the MEAC. Yeah. Big game uh, against Delaware State on Saturday. It is senior day. Uh, there in Durham, you're. What is it going to take? Because you gotta, like, you've got to have this game for a couple of different reasons. One, uh, a winning season. Two, to uh, to stay in in terms of the share of the MEAC title. Of course, it depends on what happens with South Carolina State and Norfolk. But what is it going to take to get the victory over Delaware State, who also is looking for a winning record? Man, they're, they're a good football team, and they are physical, and I, I think uh, Coach Milstead has done a, a great job with those guys. Uh, they're one of, best, one of the most improved teams, I think, since 19. But, um, you know, we're going to have to figure out a way to, to run the football on these people. And they stack the box, and they have a great great defensive line. I think, um, I want to say his name is Williams, the defensive lineman number 90. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's up for the player of the year in the conference, and, you know, he, he's, he's a grown man. But we've got to figure out a way to um, to win up front on both sides of the ball, um, running the ball and and stopping the run. Um, and we have, we must. And I had a meeting with our guys yesterday. We have to figure out a way how to win the first quarter. Now we played well in the second quarter and we finished strong. But you know we've got we've been behind in every game we won. And you know we we've come back every every game we've been down. So we have to figure out a way to start fast and finish. And um, that that's going to be the big thing. And we have a saying around here that. The Eagles can't beat the Eagles, so we can't we can't do things penalties, drop balls, and things of that nature, you know, to hurt ourselves. But it's going to be a dogfight. It really is, and I'm looking forward to it. No question, should be an outstanding football game. Last thought: Are three years in, really two on the field? Are you where you thought you'd be? Because if you look at that first season, I think it was a four and seven record. You're you're on the cusp of possibly. A, uh, a a share of the MEAC title, at the very least, a winning season, if you win, of course, uh, against Delaware State. So are you, are you where you want to be? And give us your thoughts. What does it mean to be the head football coach at your alma mater, North Carolina Central? Well, I, I, we're, not, we're not there yet where, where I thought we would be. Um, 
it's a process. And I had to go back and, uh, you know, at four and seven, four and eight seasons, not not what I envisioned. And I've been fortunate enough to be a part of a lot of successful programs. And um, I'm not accustomed to doing too much losing. So uh, that was that was rather frustrating. But, you know, people talk about the process, the process. And part of that process is being patient. And I had to understand that. So, um, you know, Rome wasn't built in, in a day. Now, we're going to try to get it built in a week, but, you know, Rome wasn't <laughs> built in a day. But um, so, you know, part of the process is building the program, not just a winning team. And um, I think we've had two outstanding recruiting classes. And, you know, if you watch us play, uh, most of our playmakers are freshmen and sophomores. You know, we have a bunch of young guys out there on the team. So um, <clears throat> I'm excited for the future. And as far as me being the head coach of the university, um, you know, I, I can't say enough. I, I don't take the job lightly. Uh, I wake up every day excited to be able to uh, have the opportunity to come here and come to work. You know, some people wake up and say, oh, man, I got to go to work. No, I, I have the opportunity to come here and work at a great institution. And, um, you know, I, I I can't say enough for Dr. Wicker McCree. I, I appreciate her so much for giving me the opportunity, uh, you know, to be the head coach at North Carolina Central. Trey Oliver in his third season as the head football coach of North Carolina Central. The Eagles going to be at home on Saturday against Delaware State. Coach Oliver, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Eagles. My man, I appreciate you so much. Keep doing what you do. There's an opportunity, and I think a real opportunity, for the Eagles to gain a share of the MEAC crown. Um, listen, it's not going to be easy. Delaware State is coming in. Delaware State's got a lot to play for. Again, bad loss to Morgan State. However, good win last week against Norfolk State and a victory by the Hornets would give the Hornets a winning season. Maybe for the first time, maybe perhaps since 2008, Alavan at that time, or maybe 07 or 08, Alavan was the head football coach. Delaware State won the MEAC and for the Eagles to share the title and also a winning season for the Eagles would be the first under Trey Oliver. Up next here on Box to Row, Carolina Panthers starting right guard, Trenton Scott. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsborough. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. As we continue here on Box to Row, we've got a gentleman who's in his fourth season in the National Football League currently with 
the Carolina Panthers have a big-time football game, as a matter of fact, on Sunday against the Washington football team. This young man, of course, attended Grambling. He's the starting, currently, the starting right guard for the Panthers. He is Trenton. Scott joins us here on Box to Row. What's going on, Trenton? Welcome to the program. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you. Been following you. And uh, really, really happy that you are getting the opportunity that you, in fact, deserve. So tell me about it. You've started, I believe it's the last three football games, uh, right, for the Panthers. What has that been like? And, of course, you're slated to start uh, on Sunday. It's been fun, man. You know, uh, you know, when you get in the league, man, you always you do all you put in all that preparation and you do the grind, uh, waiting on that opportunity. Everybody's waiting on the opportunity. So whenever you get that chance to go in and, you know, be be able to do your part to help the team win, man, it's always fun. No question. That win over the Cardinals, it, it must have been very special uh-huh. uh, from Sunday. It felt good, man. We uh. It was a huge team win, man. We just had a lot of juice on the sidelines, man. Everybody was, like I said, we put in that. We had a great week of practice. Uh, you know, Cam came in and uh, picked up on everything pretty quickly. PJ went out there and had a hell of a game, man. Everybody rallied around for him. So, uh, like I said, defense played their ass off, man. It was a great game, man. It was yeah, fun. yeah. Speak to that energy that Cam brought. I, I don't know if you had a chance. I know you came in in 2020. I don't know if you all's paths cross but but speak no, to no, that he, he, was, he was gone when I, he was gone when I, so yeah he was gone when i yeah. came uh but uh i mean it's just natural there's natural energy in the locker room man he uh you know he uh demands accountability he, he holds himself accountable he holds everybody around him accountable uh natural leader man uh easy he uh you know like i said he just takes command of the huddle man and uh he's coming in picking up everything and everybody's just following that lead right now Trenton Scott of the Carolina Panthers starting right guard joins us here on Box to Row. Of course, he's a former Box to Row All-America. What do you think? Let me ask you. This is this is a it's a big time game for a couple of different reasons. You guys are at home. You know, uh, you're playing uh, well coming off a big win. Um, Cam Newton is going to be back at home and it's the Washington football team. So. You know, when that stadium is going to be a lot of Washington football team fans there, of course. What do you think Sunday's going to be like, though? I think it'll be a lot of energy in the stadium, man. You know, uh, Coach Coach Rivera, of course, Coach Rivera's coming back. Cam's back for his first home game since he's been back. Uh, we expect it to be a lot of energy, man, and we know that. Uh, you know, we're trying to eliminate distractions right now and just uh, focus on football and try to go one another this week. But I'm pretty sure, man, I know that uh, everybody's excited. Uh I think they said the ticket sales went up and all that stuff. You know, we'll be excited to have the fans in the stadium, and we should go out there and try to get a win. No question about it. How are you growing? I look you know, again, following your path, undrafted in 2018. Yep. Of course, spent some time uh, with the Chargers, and, and as a matter of fact, you not yep. only spent time, but you you know, one season I think it was 19. You played in all 16 games. You made some starts. Talk about how you're yep. growing as a player. Uh man, just uh the more the more I see it, man, the more seen a lot of football, got to play against a lot of good players now. Uh I've got my feet with a lot of different positions across the line. So uh the game's definitely slowing down for me a lot. Uh, you know, I played mostly tackle when I was with the Chargers, playing a lot of guard here now, so just making that transition. But uh like I said, man, since I've seen a little bit of football now, seen different defenses and 
you know, I got a heck of an O-line coach, man, that, uh, you know, helps me get prepared. So, uh, game's slowing down for me, man. And uh, like I said, I'm having a lot of fun right now. I'm in a groove. And uh, just try to take it week by week, man. Okay, so on the Panthers' website, they have your bio. And under the bio, they have a video. And it says, Trent Scott lays out defender on DJ Moore touchdown. This must have been from last year. <laughs> it looks like the the Buccaneers. Man, take me through that. Yeah, yeah. Like, take me through that. That was a, that was, that was a big-time <laughs> pancake block. Man, that, that, that was fun. That was uh, – <laughs> yeah, I was actually playing left tackle at the time. Uh, started left tackle that game. Uh, we, had a, we had a screen up the DJ where I kind of like – fake down inside and then come out flat and so I'm coming out running out flat and the, the corner was sitting out there and he couldn't see me because he was still locked in on DJ and uh just got a big hit on him man and it just it made it all more uh worth it when I got up and seen DJ running the score so you know that was fun DJ actually gave me uh his game ball for that one man so that was special no I question that one. yeah you raised your hand because you knew it was a touchdown he was only five yards away from the end zone the time that uh, you had made that uh, that block, you raised your hand. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just a good thing to see. Let me ask you this. Your thoughts, I, I don't think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think Broderick Fobbs recruited you, uh, but obviously you nah, played. Co- co- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Doug Williams actually uh, was there when I, when I came to Grambling. Right, and that, and it was the whole thing, and I I remember it well with the players striking. I think you were redshirting that year, but the players struck and all that. Yep. And they fired Coach Williams. Yep. Yeah, and then ultimately you got your time to shine. Now, Broderick Fobbs is out at Grambling. Your thoughts? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I think I think Broderick, man, I think what he uh, I think he did a heck of a job, man, turning that program around. Uh. Like you said, we were we were in a tough spot when he came in. Uh, he came in. Uh, you know, we had some talent there, but we didn't have a we didn't have the uh, you know the grounded organization that we needed. Man, he came in and gave us that structure, that whole coaching staff. Man, I'm actually close with a lot of those guys still, man. So, uh, you know, I think he did a heck of a job there at Grambling, man. It's just, you know, it's just uh, that's the business down there, man. Grambling's a uh, winning program. That's what they're used to, and I'm pretty sure he understands that too. Yeah, Trenton Scott of course, of the Carolina Panthers, joins us here on the program. That 2016 national cha- HBCU National Championship. Um, take, yeah, take us through that season. What a season that was. I believe it was an 11-2 record. Won the Celebration yep. Bowl in dramatic fashion over North Carolina Central. Yeah, man, that, that 2016 season, man, that team, man, that, that, was a special, that was a special group of guys right there, man. Uh once again, very close with a lot of those guys to this day, man. We a lot all keep in contact. Uh, but that season, man, we just we had a lot of talent, man. Coach Five, we you know he he had been there for a couple of years, so you know he had us guys as leaders, and we were used to how his structure went. And, you know, we were able to bring those young guys along with us. You know, we had guys like Chad Williams, uh, uh, Martez Carter, uh, Devontae Kincaid. You know, our whole starting line or juniors and seniors. So, you know, we had been around each other for a while, and uh, it was just special, man. You know, I, I think I, I, when I look back on that season, the Texas Southern game sticks out to me because we were down, like, 28-0 at halftime or something like that. <laughs> like, we just rallied to come back and win that game. And just, like, I think it was that game when we kind of all saw 
that we had a special group and, you know, went down and won the Bayou Classic and had that, like you said, that special game against North Carolina Central, man, and pulled it off. couple more thoughts with Trenton Scott of the Carolina Panthers, the starting uh, right guard. When you look around the National Football League, man, and you see players that have come from HBCUs uh, and that are playing well and are starting, what goes through your mind? Uh, it's just it's just inspiration, man. It's just uh, I think all of us, you know, anybody you know from HBCU that's playing right now would tell you that, man. We just we just want to be the blueprint and show guys that you know all you know high school athletes that you know that is a path through the HBCU that uh, you know you can still make it and succeed, man. You know I know uh, that narrative gets that narrative gets kind of lost, you know, in the wash sometimes. But uh, you know, being on this level. You know, I see that they're scouts all day. That that's their that's their job to go find talent, man. And they they're looking at the HBCUs right now. They're finding guys, finding diamonds in the rough. You see Darius Leonard, guys like that, that are just shining and being at the top of his position at that level. So we just want to be that blueprint, man, to show guys that it, you know it's still definitely possible to do it. Yeah, one of the guys, a teammate from your team, Chester Rogers, who, by the way, I didn't even know you guys played high school football together. Oh man, Chester Chester's my guy, man. Chester was the best man in my wedding. <laughs> like me and I played I played Pee Wee football with Chester, high school football with Chester. Uh went to Grambling, of course, with my roommate. <laughs> uh and uh, that's my guy, man. We talk every day. He's down there with the Titans right now. Uh he's healthy he's healthy now. He's come he came off an injury last year, man. He's he's back healthy. And uh we both just, you know, back uh having fun in what we do. Trenton Scott again, starting right guard for the Carolina Panthers, joins us here. On Box to Row, the Panthers going to be at home on Sunday against the Washington football team. And, of course, got to mention Trenton Scott, a former Box to Row All-American. Trenton, appreciate the time, man. Continued success to you and the Panthers. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you a lot. Thanks for having me on. Glad to have you on, Trenton. Trenton Scott joining us here on Box to Row. Yeah, Broderick Fobbs getting fired. I talked about it on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast on Tuesday. You can log on to our website at BoxToRow.com where I really discuss the matter in depth. We got some football games for you on Saturday. I'm telling you, and that Old Corn State and Jackson State game means everything really more so to Alcorn State. If you're Jackson State, it's nice to get a win. Um, I think the one of the main you you like to go undefeated in SWAC play if you can. I think one of the main things though, you're already guaranteed to be in the SWAC championship game. You want to be healthy, I think, going into that SWAC championship game. For Alcorn State, it means everything. A win for the Braves, and then next week, a loss by Prairie View AM against Mississippi Valley State and Alcorn State would wrap up the SWAC's Western Division. So we could potentially see a rematch uh, of the football game between Alcorn State and Jackson State in the SWAC championship game, but that a lot would have to happen for that to happen. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Trenton Scott. Thank you to Trey Oliver. Thank you to Jarrett Patterson for joining us today here on Box to Row. And I tell you what, again, if you haven't listened to the podcast, you can listen on our website 
at BoxToRow.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And always remember to support those that support. Yo, Box to Row is presented by DW Communications.